Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Hey, Field Hang 10. Watch out for a new wave of episodes for Forgotten Cinema Season 9, Forgotten Summer. Ugh, really, Butler, a theme season? Let me guess, we're going to talk about films that were released in the coveted summer months that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. You know it, bro. What we liked about them or maybe didn't, but we'll always recommend people check them out. Maybe they'll find their own Forgotten Summer gem. So check out Forgotten Summer wherever you get your podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hold on, gotta catch this wave. We're sitting at this in a recording booth. Welcome, everybody. Today's episode of Bohemian Geek Studies is brought to you by Revolution Beauty. Revolution Beauty is affordable and accessible makeup for all. Since day one, Revolution has been challenging beauty norms and championing diversity. All products are 100% cruelty-free and designed based on consumer feedback. So Revolution has something for every skin type and any occasion. For me, this is super tough because I have freckles and I still like them to be visible. And a lot of foundations are crazy thick. So going for something that would actually fit my skin tone would be excellent. It's like, it's not back like when I was a kid when I was like, ew, gross, freckles, please, God, no. <laughs> now I'm like, no, freckles are cool. I like them. So it's really nice to know that there are people out there that are looking at this kind of thing and doing skin routines for people who actually are proud of their skin type and who are proud of their freckles and just want to show like natural beauty mixed in with like yes but i actually still want to wear makeup because yikes the face situation can be difficult some days we are teaming up with revolution beauty to give you 20 percent off your next purchase by using the code podgo20 that code p-o-d-g-o-20 at revolutionbeauty.us check out the link in our show notes and join the revolution today hello there and welcome nerdy knights of the well-rounded table to bohemian geek studies where we are taking extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator. And I am Pyra Jedi, Anders Drew. But no matter what rank you happen to carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have. Darn right. This mm -hmm. season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking our detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today, we're diving into Season 3, Episodes 5 and 6, entitled Hera's Heroes and the Last Battle. We have done our absolute best to scramble our signal, and we will be avoiding spoilers for future episodes of Rebels, but I will throw in an adult content warning for the younglings. Some droids, some droids and some capes and some throng going on later. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Yeah, we had a we had a quite a mixed bag of thirst today. <laughs> so without further ado, let's hop on board the brand new Phantom, or the old new Phantom, whichever you want to call it, and head to Ryloth as we explore our holocrons of knowledge. Colleen? punch it and open that first holocron. Woo, here we go. Our first holocron is the Journal of the Wills in which we go over the plot synopsis for the episodes this week. We start out with episode five, Here is Heroes. It begins on Brightloth. Shams and Dula and Numa are writing blurgs. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I love the blurgs. <laughs> They're adorable. Bring, bring on the blurgs forever and always. They're being pursued by some stormtroopers. Fortunately, his daughter Hera is on the way for a quick pickup. They jump aboard, joined by a trooper. <laughs> 
No, he dumb. went right. He went right in for it. He was big, just like, "I am yeah. going for these rebels." Big dummy, like, dude, no. I hope that they just kind of left him on the side of the road because I don't, I don't like. Mm. I hope they didn't just kill him. <laughs> no, I don't think they killed him, but they probably took him prisoner. They probably tried to get some intel. That's true. It's time for some soft interrogation. We don't use the torture droids, unlike your empire. Would you like to join the rebellion? <laughs> Please let this guy join the rebellion. That would be amazing. So Cham tells his daughter some disappointing news. The empire is now occupying their home province, the town province. This means their family heirloom, which is a calicori, is in the empire's possession. But Hera vows to recover it. Much to her chagrin, everyone wants in on the recovery. Who who is shocked by this? No one, except Hera, <laughs> apparently. Like, girl, you know your fam better than this. I know, right? Obviously, they're going to want to join you. So putting their quote-unquote plans into action, I will put those in quotes because, as always, it's not that well thought out. <laughs> the Lothal and the Ryloth rebels ambush an Imperial patrol led by an ATDP walker and an Imperial troop transport at the Tulara Ravine. I will absolutely also say, I mean, Sabine, as always, like laying the explosives for the distractions and things throughout this, the colors of her charges in this are so cool. They're they're not it just like really cool. they're not just like orange fire. They're like green and purple mixed together. And it just looked so cool. And I was like, yo, like, Sabine, art, art, fire, fourth of July that we just had. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> So perfect and so right. That's so right. I love it. <laughs> so while they're distracting them, Ezra and Hera take a speeder bike back to the Sindula house with Ezra posing as a scout trooper who has captured the Twi'lek and Chopper, once again, quickly painted as an Imperial droid sneaking in. But sadly, Chopper just can't really get past this wrecked Y-wing starfighter that no. Hera says Cham has left as a memorial. Mm -hmm. um, and it's yeah. also the Y-Wing, Hera reveals that it's the Y-Wing that she actually pulled Chopper out of that started their relationship with each other. And mm -hmm. it's just really adorable <laughs> and very sad. <laughs> but as all that's happening, Hera and Ezra find the Calicori and try to sneak out. Mm -hmm. But Captain Slavine and Thrawn, along with two Stormtroopers, come in. So Hera plans on using a secret entrance in the basement to escape but whoopsies, the Imperials have converted it into a command center. I don't know about you, this reminded me absolutely of um, Indiana Jones on the Last Crusade, when they go through <laughs> the fireplace and it's just like the command center in the mansion. Yes, yes. <laughs> don't worry, nobody goes down there. Yeah, we never, Oops. unless we wanted to sneak fruit. Mm -hmm. Except that's probably the best place to put your command center. Everything's fine. This plan is perfect. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sham, Gobi, and Numa and the other specters are ambushed by another ATDP walker. A firefight breaks out, shocking, and the rebels have to retreat. Using Chopper as an attempted diversion, Hera and Ezra try to escape through the front door, but Hera runs straight into Slavin and Thrawn. Whoopsies. Slavin mistakes her for a servant because he's an idiot, but Thrawn knows better and deduces her true identity. Ezra tries Very, to make like, a move. Bond villain moment as he's talking his way through that. Yes, super, super explainy. Thrawn does love to monologue. Very actually not even not even Bond villain. Very like Moriarty. Yes, he's very Moriarty, and he doesn't have his Sherlock really in yeah. this series. So it's kind of interesting to see him playing off these people who are smart. Like Hera is a very smart person, mm -hmm. and she's good at thinking on her feet. But Thrawn is just 
so, so many steps ahead of her and so many levels ahead of everyone that this is basically like child's play to him. He's kind of like, ooh, fun, a game. <laughs> <laughs> like the game is on. Now I can learn some stuff. So after leaving the cell, well, after he tells Hera that he's going to keep her Calipori in a place of honor, not a good move, Thrawn. That's not very cool. He gets really aggressive when Slavin suggests that he destroy it because it's like twilight trash and why would you keep that mm, the major empire douchebag alert going on here with slavin back in the cell ezra wakes and herrick like tends to him it's really sweet in the chilar ravine the royal hilarious and he's like what i miss yeah yeah what happened i got stunned right <laughs> are we prisoners <laughs> ezra's just so used to being captured that he's just kind of rolling it's like i'll get out eventually like when i want to it's fine yeah so back in the ravine, the Ryloth people and the Spectres are locked in battle against the Walker. The Walker stops firing, and Captain Slavin uses a holocaster to offer Sham a deal. He offers to release Hera and Ezra, which, duh, he's not going to do, if Sham agrees to surrender himself to the Empire. If Sham refuses, Slavin threatens to execute the prisoners by firing squad at dawn. So Sham's like, oh, my daughter, plus little baby Jedi, I agree. Yeah. Definitely more for his daughter than for Ezra. He's not that concerned about Ezra. Let's let's be real here. <laughs> Which don't necessarily blame him on that in that regard. His daughter would take priority. So back in the cell, Hera apologizes to Ezra for embarking on a personal mission and endangering all their lives. She feels like she's being selfish. So Chopper then comes into the cell to inform Hera and Ezra that Chim is surrendering surrendering himself to the Empire in order to set them free. Hera sends Chopper to find all the explosives he can carry, and he is just so excited at this possibility. His Murder. arms are just like, Hera, or Chopper, go get all the explosives you can carry. And he's just like, ooh. Wrong, wrong person to tell that to, but that's fine. Yes, and then Chopper discovers that the prison exchange, shocker, is a plan trap for the rebels. When Slevin orders Sham to surrender, Sham reminds him to honor his promise to release his daughter and Ezra. Even in this moment, like when Sham obviously doesn't have the upper hand, he does still manage to like stare down the Imperial, and oh, it's yeah. the and it forces Slavin to be like, "Fine, we'll go at the same time." Yeah, I mean, Sham is a very imposing person. Like he does have the presence about him. And he is a good, capable leader. He's just annoying as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. I don't like him. But yeah, he's he's good for his people. It's just... Nah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chopper finishes planting the explosives, races out through the door just in time to join Hera and Ezra before Hera orders it to blow everything up. And you could tell he's so excited to push that detonator. <laughs> also, a great yes. moment from Hera when she's apologizing to Jam. And he's like honey, it's fine. We all get captured. Like, it happens to me. Like, we're getting you out. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry about blowing up the house. <laughs> That's about to happen. <laughs> I love it so much. Yes. <laughs> From above, Thrawn watches the explosion and the rebels flee aboard the ghost. When a wounded Slavin reports the rebels are getting away, Thrawn counsels him not to worry because he has found this experiment to be very enlightening and mm -hmm. to let them go. Which is, I think, the not first the time we've seen Thrawn that. Yeah, it's not the full three. It's one. It's one ship, one and they've earned it. their victory. Mm -hmm. 
when Kanan apologizes that they weren't able to ultimately recover the Calicori hero-wise, she realizes that she doesn't need an heirloom to honor her mother's memory, because she already has Kanan, her father, and the Spectres. Very cute. Adorable. Very, very cute. I mean... We knew I that's where we were headed, but... Yeah, exactly. Like, we knew this was not going to be successful. <laughs> but they tried. Yep. And it was, it was very cute at the end. Next, we have episode six, The Last Battle. We open as the ghost descends into the atmosphere of Agamar. The ghost lands near a wreck of a former Separatist supply ship. Like, so cool seeing that crash site. The Spectres and Captain Rex depart before Hera and Sabine head off into space for their own mission. Rex explains to the group that there was a battle on Agamar during the Clone Wars. Ezra asks if they were fighting battle droids, and Rex tells them the ship used to be crawling with clanker clankers. <laughs> <laughs> Enough with the slurs, Rex, come on. And shares that they destroyed thousands, if not tens of thousands, of these battle droids. Later, Rex and his team find themselves trapped inside a ray shield. Like, this What's is a so ray many, shield? This. A ray shield. So many Clone Wars callbacks here. But like, you know what? It's, it's great because he doesn't say, we're smarter than this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. Sith laws are our specialty. Oh, we just got our asses kicked. Oh, there we Again. go. Again. <laughs> oh, we love you. Revenge of the Sith never change. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So after they're under this ray shield, they're surrounded by a ton of battle tries because, of course, they are. Mm -hmm. The lead one is B1268. He informs them that they've been captured by the Separatist Alliance. <laughs> and Rex is like, how old am I? <laughs> where, where am I? And it knocks them unconscious using the ray shield. Yes. But then Rex does wake up to find himself the prisoner of a droid named Kalani and calls out to his former comrade, Cody. A very heartbreaking <laughs> moment there. <laughs> I remember the first time I watched this, I was not ready for that. I was like, what? <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. However, Kanan manages to kind of center him and brings him back to reality. Uh, tells Rex that their captor is, in fact, a super tactical droid. Oopsies. And Ezra asks if that's bad. <laughs> Rex confirms that because the super tactical droid is hyper intelligent, very, very fast computing power, very strategic mm -hmm. thinking. Mm -hmm. When Rex asks when Kalani, why Kalani is still operating despite Clone Order 66, the droid explains that he overrode the command signal of Agamar because he believed it to be a Republic trick. Smart. Uh, I don't know if that counts as like droid evolution. I would say like being able to override a shutdown code. That's insane that he was able to do it, not only for himself, but for all of the droids under his command. Like, yeah, crazy. Good job, Kalani. The droid still believes the Clone Wars to be ongoing and wants his prisoners to fight in order to prove his theory that the Separatists had a higher chance of victory than the Republic and the Jedi. And Zeb is going to be the bait. Which I'm sure so. he's just thrilled about. Zeb's so like, I, would, I don't, I don't do anything in the Clone Wars. And and they're like, that's right. So you get to sit here, yeah, and play the hostage. <laughs> Zeb is the damsel in distress. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> Ezra demands that Kalani release Zeb and give them all the proton bombs if they win the exercise. Which Kalani accepts. He's like, you know what? That's true. That's cool. Fair is fair. Yeah. yeah, if you can beat us. <laughs> God, I love it so much. At Kalani's command, B1268, this poor baby, announces the initiation of Battle Plan Zeta. <laughs> They're like, Woo! we actually get to fight. 
and the B1 battle droids assume their positions. Chopper spies on the battle droids and enters a Nimorian escort shuttle. These things look so cool. Which he begins to restart. Meanwhile, Hera and Sabine are being pursued by three TIE fighters. I do like <laughs> that like they cool. cut back to them and that like Hera and Sabine are not just stagnant throughout all of this. Right. Like they are obviously out there doing something else and they are working and Yeah, they're going to get fuel. Like they're on a very important mission. Like they got a lot of fuel. Yeah. If they said that it could do the entire fleet, like holy crap. Good job, guys. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Agent Callus and Governor Price are together. And Callus is congratulating her on her plan to stop the rebels at the fuel depot. Like, yeah, pretty much worked. Admiral Constantine, this fucking guy, reports that they've received an encrypted distress signal from Agamar. So Price is like, hmm, wonder what's going on on Agamar, and orders troops dispatched there immediately. Back on Agamar, Kalani outlines the rules of engagement. <laughs> oh my god, these poor people. It's a total Mario mission, too. It's like a Mario yes. level. Yes. Fight your way up the castle. Yes, it's definitely a video game. It's definitely a war game, even though the war game will kill you because the battle droids will try to fucking kill you. The rebels must fight their way back to the command center in order to freeze up. It seems pretty straightforward, but they have to start down where they began and try and work their way back up. And there's a lot of droids in between there. Rex takes point until Ezra comes up with an idea to collapse the catwalk onto some droidicas that kind of like rolled in and are going to be a huge pain in the how ass. Many, how, many, how many do they have? Lots. They have yeah. a lot yeah. of battle droids. How many do they have? A lot of battle droids. <laughs> no B2s, though. Worth noting. Yeah. Yes, yeah. No B2s. They had the destroyers. So it's like, oh, maybe they just, that order, like the unit was smaller and or just didn't have as much new tech yeah. on Andron. Like maybe they didn't think they needed that much of a presence on Andron, so they didn't have the B2s. Could be. Or it was just easier to animate all B1s. We're just going to save there. <laughs> we get Chopper trying to drag Ezra, which is adorable, away onto the shuttle, but Ezra insists that he's not leaving without Rex and Zeb and Kanan. Ezra tells Chopper to get the shuttle ready, though, while he goes to fetch the others. Yeah, and that delay really uh, kind of irks Kanan and Rex, especially mm-hmm. Rex, because they are under some very serious fire. Ezra manages to use the force to collapse the catwalk over the Dordecas, and Kanan and Rex head to the command bridge where they encounter Ezra on the way. Mm-hmm. And Rex kind of blows up at Ezra that this yeah. plan really required precision timing, and Ezra dropped the ball, and just doesn't matter that Chopper was trying to drag him away. Mm-hmm. Good soldiers follow order, Ezra. Oh, so bad. Uh, so bad. Rex I was is like, very no. much in his own head here. Yes. Unfortunately. So after sign that he's not, like, this isn't Rex right now. This is Rex 20 years ago. Yeah. After taking on some more destroyers, Rex and the rebels breach the command center and declare victory. However, Kalani disagrees and prepares to execute Zeb at gunpoint. He says, no, you had to actually get Zeb, not just reach the bridge. Ezra intercedes and points out that the droid army is so old, they could never have won this exercise. Mm-hmm. And Zeb brilliantly explains that the Empire is the reason why the Clone Wars ended and is pretty much proven right as the Empire arrives. Mm-hmm. Two Imperial landing craft near the transport ship and destroy uh, deploy several stormtroopers. B-1268 and his force greet the Imperials, but are attacked. And uh, B-1268 is crushed under an AT-AT. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, guy. 
Ezra argues that the rebels and droids now face a common enemy and use their forces to unite against tyranny. Yay. Kind of like a huge flex to bring that many at walkers to this. Like, what was happening? Oh, I just love it. The Empire's like, just throw everything we have at them. We don't know what's going on down there, really. Like, just, let's just go. Everybody go. Yeah. Rex comes up with a plan to roll the proton torpedoes onto the feet of the advancing walkers with the help of Ezra and Kanan redirecting them with the power of force before the battle droids attack. Teamwork! Woo! The battle droids then flee aboard two shuttles with the rebels following in another one. One of them is destroyed, which is sad, but some of them do escape with Kalani. Having escaped into space, the rebels contact Kalani by hologram. So cute. Rex thanks Ezra for quote-unquote ending the Clone Wars, so ending it for Rex and Kalani, which is something not it's not everything but it's something at least for those two it eluded an entire galaxy of senators which yes obviously it did because the politicians are going to fight no matter what yes like yes you can simplify it down into two people like two smaller groups trying to make diplomacy work but even then it took a lot of casualties to make it work like huh, we're close we're so close you guys if only palpatine hadn't been an evil genius <laughs> But of course, they don't know that, so they don't know that this was basically all like for not in the end. Palpatine would have found some way to win. Rex also commends Ezra for finding the middle path. Like, yes, this part is really good. That entire armies of clone troopers and battle droids failed to find and makes peace with Kalani. Awesome. Based on this battle, Kalani <laughs> calculates that the rebellion had a 1% chance of success against the Empire, which I see is giving them quite a bit like yeah. chance, like maybe 0.1% chance. He says that they are going to part company and the droids and the specters part ways. They're contacted by Hera and Rex tells her that they did not manage to obtain the proton bombs, but they did find the ghost a new shuttle to use as the phantom too. Although Sabine's got to paint it first. Mm -hmm. Obviously, yes. Yes. All right, well, let's move into our second holocron, The Will of the Force. This is where we discuss the theme or themes of today's episodes. Colleen, Mm -hmm. start us off. All right, so for episode five, we obviously have the importance of heritage, culture, and art for people. We have to pay attention to Thrawn here. He loses his cool, and this hardly ever happens. So we do have to note, like, why is he losing his cool? It's because Slavin just is kind of like, ah, fuck art and fuck culture. <laughs> and which that's Thrawn's what the Empire deal. is really about. Yes, which makes Thrawn much different than most of the Imperial officers who might appreciate the Calicori, just be like, oh, it's pretty. I'm taking it as a trophy. Whereas Thrawn is taking it to study it and kind of do an art analysis. Like he's freaking senior in college working on his thesis and he's <laughs> going to Ryloth to study the Calicories. And then we have episode six, which is mainly about closure. Also realizing though, that in some battles there are no winners or losers, like, or everyone's a loser. Like in this case, the droids mm-hmm. and the clones were both losers in this situation. Also PTSD, which is really big throughout Clone Wars and Rebels. It gets the spotlight in both episodes here with Chopper seeing the old Mm Y-Wing and basically not being able to move for a little while after seeing it. Like droids do get PTSD. Hera knows this and is really sweet to him about it. Like she gives him some time and it's like, yeah, this is going to be tough for Chopper. And props for Chopper just coming in too after suffering like a little setback here. Um, Another kind of like weird moment in this episode that I'm just remembering is like, there are guards standing at the door and Hera is like, Chopper, come on. Like, very loudly. Nobody's listening. <laughs> no 
anyone is listening in the empire, they're just kind of like, that da slave is speaking, so I guess we just don't listen to her at all. Um, in the second episode for the PTSD, we've got Rex dealing with his flashbacks, calling Kanan Cody, referring to his best friend, who's Commander Cody from the Clone Wars, him snapping at Ezra, and just like re kind of reverting back to kind of his old self. Like he wasn't that cranky. So no. this is his experience kind of coming back and being like, I don't want you to die though. So can we stick to the plan? Yeah. <laughs> Please, I don't want to lose my job. I did like come I through did. a lot of battles here and uh, this is how we won them. <laughs> exactly. And he is the best tactician out of all of them. Definitely. So it makes sense that he would take point on this mission. How about our series theme? Woo, so time. series theme, we big time back with the chosen family. At the end of Hera's Heroes, she tell Hera tells Ezra that she doesn't need her house on Ryloth. She doesn't need the Calicori even because her crew and her family are her home. The ghost is truly where she belongs. Mm -hmm. And she belongs with them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everything's <There's>... fine. <laughs> With her new children and and her father. Yep, yep. I got dads here, and she is sitting at the table with Kanan and Sham, and it's really cute. It's yeah. like she says, "I've got you to Kanan," and it's like to anyone who still thinks that they're not already a couple. Like, <laughs> hmm, interesting. I love in the background too that Zeb is like freaking giving a noogie to Ezra or something. He's like got him yeah. an headlock. Like they're so cute. I love this family so much. Okay, next we are going to head into our third holocron, which is the Galaxy's Populous, in which we go over the characters and relationships for this episode. Anders, do you want to start with Hera? Absolutely. So we start off with Hera going back to her, going back to Ryloth to take back her family's Calicori, this absolutely priceless heirloom. Mm -hmm. It is a symbol of her family, of everyone that's come before her, and everyone who will ultimately come after her. Mm -hmm. She proves to be a really formidable leader and adversary, showing how much like her father she actually is. We've never really met Hera's mother, but we have seen her father several times, and she absolutely is more like him than she's probably willing to admit, even now that they're on much better terms. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, Dave Filoni has told us that Hera comes from a political family and growing up during the Clone Wars was pretty difficult since her, since her planet was under constant attack and siege. Yeah, basically all throughout her childhood. Like, she may have been a rich kid, but that did not matter once the Clone Wars started. No, it, it absolutely did not. So, question. Mm. Should Hera have <laughs> taken on this mission? and ultimately brought her entire crew with her. Was it worth the risk? Ooh. Yeah, I I know how she feels. Like, yes, you want to get this back. It reminds you of your mother. Like, it's all, all you probably have left of your mother. So I, I think that she thinks that the mission is important and it's worth the risk for her. She does get kind of cranky when the rest of the Spectres are like, oh, we're going to, hi. <laughs> Although it's like, I don't know during wartime if it was such a good idea to do this. I think it was. I think it was worth the risk. I would say that this is like, I mean, this is no, well, it is a little different than like going back and trying to get information on Ezra's parents, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to find a connection. Like, yes, information on potential people who are still living is a little bit different than the family heirloom. But the idea of like taking the personal mission mm -hmm. to go back, I, I buy it. Oh yeah. 
Well, I, could, I definitely buy that she would do it. Like, yes. I buy that she would do it. I also buy that um, Cham would never think to do it on his own. No. Definitely. He'd be upset that the Calicori's gone, but he'd be like, oh, well, it's gone. Yep. Exactly. But then Hera's like moving one step ahead of him and be like, no, things like this are also important. Yeah. And it would be another symbolic thing to be able to hold up the Calicori and be like, I brought, busted into my house that the Empire is controlling and I got this back, bitches. <laughs> like, exactly. That would be a good morale booster. And Sham is all about boosting the morale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it could it could have been a good idea. It just was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're actually <laughs> doing this. <laughs> Especially when Thrawn shows up and you're like, well, shit, I totally forgot that the big blue Grand Admiral could be around. Next, we've got Rex, our boy. The clone captain has to deal with a lot of PTSD, as we said before, as well as finding closure within himself and his former enemies in the last battle. We have a couple relationships that he's in this episode, him and Ezra, poor Ezra. Rex wants Ezra to take their mission seriously and to follow orders. Come on. We said this before, he spouts that scary old clone catchphrase, a good soldier follows orders. And Ezra's not good really at following orders. So this is- No, but he was trying. Like this is not trying. his fault that he just no. like, Chopper Chop, literally Chopper. grabbed him and dragged him away. Yes, he was trying and he did eventually get it done. And he knew he had to, like he knew the mission parameters and what mm -hmm. he's supposed to be doing. It's just, he's not a military person. So he's not gonna be like chop chop, amazingly good at tactics, like this kind of synchronized thing. This is like a huge hint that Rex is falling back into that Clone Wars persona. And it should freak us out a little bit. I don't think we have too much to worry about here, except that it could possibly come back at a bad time. He doesn't have that inhibitor chip still, but this tells us that the Clone Wars have left such a big impression on him that he still is able to slip back into this soldier role mm -hmm. very easily. It's like, this isn't the jokey fun Rex that we've seen in Rebels. We're going back to when he was in control. And I think he kind of craves that. He craves that control that he does I mean, not have anymore. For I mean, for his entire life, he was raised to be a soldier than he was, and then it was just over. Over. Mm -hmm. And that's huge too, like, especially unresolved conflict. like you're basically during this point in the show we don't know what happened yet from clone Wars season seven so we don't know exactly how bad rex had it mm -hmm. during order 66 but that lack of closure and just all these open wounds and ahsoka being newly gone still has just got to be wreaking havoc on our poor boy next we have rex and kanan i love their relationship <laughs> so much they really have grown into this just great colleague plus friendship thing. Love it. He continually still calls Kanan general or commander. He's like trying to correct himself. Command. Uh, Kanan. Kanan, Kanan. And Kanan's just like, dude. Whatever. <laughs> he's like, I am not commissioned in this rebellion whatsoever. That's Ezra. Call him commander. <laughs> I just love that Rex is so happy to have a Jedi back with him again. But he's probably going through these plans in his head and being like, God, I wish Anakin and Ahsoka were instead of Kanan Obi-Wan was here oh god yes and he definitely probably was like where where is Obi-Wan where's yeah. Cody oh. I need my dudes with me but he does really well like he bounces back and he's able to coordinate with Kanan and Ezra just as well as he could have done with Anakin and Ahsoka yeah 
And then on the other side of this fight, we have Kalani and the droid army remnant. <laughs> so Kalani is a super tactical droid making him one of the most sophisticated and intelligent droids made during the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. uh, he was originally deployed to Onderon to help take out Stila and Saw Gerrera's Republic sympathizers, mm -hmm. but was ultimately ordered to retreat by Count Dooku. Now, Kalani is really, he's stuck in a loop. He's in the cycle of his programming. He's obsessed, obsessed with finishing the Clone Wars, how he envisioned, how he plotted out. Yes. He saved his quote-unquote men, believing that the surrender was a Republic trick. That's a smart. pretty it's a smart maneuver. It's a pretty, pretty unlikely true. maneuver. Yeah, very unlikely for a droid. Uh, and yeah, it well, it wasn't a Republic trick. It was a... <laughs> I mean, he'd only just made himself emperor. <laughs> That's true. We're in the process. We're in the transition phase. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we don't ultimately know if any other droids managed to block the shutdown order. Uh, I do think it's worth noting that the stormtroopers like had their standing orders and they knew them pretty quickly to be like, oh, battle droids, shoot them. Shoot them immediately. I mean, we have, what, Roger from the Lego? Yes. Legos that's still working. But he, he was shut down. He was reactivated he was. later. And I think Mr. Bones was too. Yeah. Shut down and then breathe. But at this point, we didn't actually know that this was a possibility. Mm -mm. Uh, and in the end, Kalani is ultimately just trying to stay alive. Like any other Star Wars character, he's just trying to find out where he fits in in this new dynamic. Mm -hmm. Which I love. Like, I love when they give droids kind of a center stage situation, mm -hmm. especially one that can speak. Like, that's helpful. We do love our astromechs. But it's always fun to get like a 3PO or a Kalani who can voice themselves super well and who can communicate with humans or sentience and still be engaging characters. Like, yeah, well done, Rebels crew. <laughs> Love it. Love everything about it. I think, are we ready to move on to our next holocron? I think so. This okay. next holocron is the fourth holocron, Binding the Galaxy Together. It's where we go through our homages and Easter eggs from this episode. And I'm going to start us off with the Blurgs. Love me some Blurgs. <laughs> These little lizard-like beasties, you might recognize them from the Mandalorian. They are amazing. I have spoken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they, these guys can be found all over the galaxy. They are notably used by Twi'leks. Sorry, is it Twi'leks? I've always forget. I always forget. They say it a couple different ways. Like some people say Twi'leks and some people say Twi'leks. I think okay. it's Twi'leks because yeah, yeah. Twin Twin Leku is the their like full okay. name. Uh, and Quill the Ugnaught, R.I.P. to Quill. <laughs> I've also seen. I feel like we've seen them in like several different sizes over yes. the years. Like there are mm -hmm. these like little ones, and then there's big. They're all over the place. The giant usually, ones. Yeah. Yes. Usually they're very stoic but they are very quick on their feet and they can be adapted to be war steeds. It's interesting mm -hmm. to me that they're bipedal, that they're not, that they're not quadrupeds. Yeah. And they got their little T-Rex arms. Like, yeah. Oh. They got a little T-Rex-y. <laughs> they're so cute. <laughs> uh, as we see in Harris Heroes, they originated, the very first time we saw them is actually way back in 1985 in the TV movie Ewoks Battle for Endor. Yo, if you have Disney Plus, check it out. Mm-hmm. It is, I mean, as far as the Star Wars movie goes, it's, yeah, but it is a fun 80s child, like, creature fantasy movie. I love Teak. 
Teak is one of my <laughs> earliest Star Wars memories. I love that little. I am also really now Ewok, convinced. But... <laughs> I am absolutely convinced that it uh, contains a Night Sister. <laughs> I'd have to rewatch it, but it could because the Night Sisters, the idea for them is very old from George Lucas. Yeah. So it could definitely be a, a precursor. There is a witch. <gasps> she uses magics. She uses magics. They never really the talk magics. about. The, they never really talk about the force. But those two movies, the Ewok movies, total tangent. Now, I'm just really convinced that like Endor is just like very connected to the force because they basically mm -hmm. throw out the force and just have like a standard like fantasy dark magic forest. Okay, that, that works just fine. Yeah. If we're into the dark crystal meets Star Wars, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Pretty much where we're at. Yeah, I like that in the Ewok movies. God, I need to rewatch them, but if I haven't seen them since I was a very small child. So I'm sure they will not stand up, but that's fine. Next, we have a Hogan's Heroes shout out from that episode title. Yes, this was a TV show from the 1960s about a World War II POW camp with a clever hero and his crew trying to escape. There's even an incompetent military leader in charge of the current manhunt for champs and doula, just like Kurt Clank on the TV show. I loved this show too when I was little. My mom and dad would watch it all the time. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's it's very dated, obviously. I know I've known about it. Like I know the, I know that I know the name, but yeah. I've never actually watched it. Love like a bumbling evil Nazi. I mean, that's such a great villain trope. Let's let's keep going. I like that they used it for the Imperials here. Like, mm -hmm. make them as bumbling as possible. <laughs> love it. Yeah. All right, next up, we have a, a little throwaway line from Hera. She calls the Imperials Gutkers. Uh, those are um, hard-shelled carnivores native to Ryloth. Uh, we see them a couple times throughout the Clone Wars TV series. Mm -hmm. I love when Hera gets into her accent. <laughs> so great. Speaking of Hera, her family was rich as fuck, y'all. Their home is also referred to as the Sindula Estate which is like, yeah, she rich and had its own water channel going like down the middle of the main floor <laughs> and having this kind of running water channel in the middle of a desert environment was a symbol of prosperity for Ryloth. So Cham, he doing all right for himself. <laughs> Not anymore yeah. since his house got exploded, but I mean, he was doing pretty great. It seemed like also like, I, I don't know if we ever get confirmation on this. It seemed like it was almost like a political house. Like it was like a, almost like a white house or like a governor's yeah. mansion type thing yes it looked very much like he is a politician yeah but then it still was his i don't know, remember if it's like his family house per se or if it's more like you said the white house or the casa rosada for evita i don't know why i thought of that but yeah this kind of estate house where the leader could just kind of lives yeah maybe uh but in that house we also have the calicori a twilight mm -hmm family heirloom passed down from generation to generation kind of like a mix between a family tree and a heritage quilt so mm -hmm. Hera's calicori belonged to her mother who died during sham's early resistance attempts against the empire mm -hmm. Hera also had a brother who we know pretty much nothing about except that he died young but every member adds something and it's got that same you know it kind of mimics their their twin Luke they're like you they're mm -hmm. like you I love that, the, how the art reflects the people, which is like so big snaps for Thrawn right there. He's like, ah, yes, the Calicori looks just like they're like you, <laughs> which most people would not notice. So it's like, Thrawn appreciates some art, y'all. Mm -hmm. Just don't steal it. Stop that. 
And then we have next the planet Agmar. This planet dates back to 1993 when it was included in a novella that came with a simulator game called X-Wing Space Combat. Ooh. Like, all right, it's old. The planet was also featured in the Clone Wars TV series. Count Dooku ordered Kalani to flee there after the Separatists defeat at Onderon in season five. I almost said season two. I'm like, uh, that's the season flows on. I mean, it's all over the place. Clone Wars jumps. That's true. It's fine. All right, so in an earlier draft of this episode, speaking of the Clankers, Ezra was originally supposed to befriend a droid named Clanky. I'm very glad that he didn't, because no. Me too, yeah, no. Uh, he is so really, really fascinated by the battle droids, and he doesn't necessarily see them as too much of a threat at first, mm-hmm. uh, until he meets the destroyers, which, yeah, those are... Uh, those are dangerous, but these ones are really old, so they can't necessarily function. Amazing moment when Ezra signs off it with Roger Roger. Yes. <laughs> I do love, too, that they continue like the continuity with Rex being able to throw his helmet, and it was going just slow enough that it could breach yes. the shield, because that was like, the one thing that you can do is like throw something not too fast, and if it's like going at the right nice. momentum, it'll go right through. And then lastly, we have, I did like this little detail. Kalani has this kind of stylized art on his armor. And another super tactical droid from the Clone Wars TV show, Kraken, had like a Kraken freaking, <laughs> had like freaking artwork on his breastplate. Um, this makes them different from most of the droids. Like all the droids are basically cookie cutters. Some of them, if they were like a captain or had a better rank, were painted a little differently. But the super tactical droids has these really cool artwork designs. It, the specialization made them stand out even more as they're like the smart droids, the commanders, the generals. These are like the big dudes. The super tactical droid is also the model that Ahsoka gives the ghost crew back in season two when they're using the tactical mind to locate Rex, Wolf, and Gregor. Yes. Another Quite literally his mind. His, yeah. uh, his the plug head. Him in. Plug him in. Plug, plug the in the head of the super tactical droid. That's great. Yeah, no, that probably was not a good idea. <laughs> but it worked. All right, guys, before we move into our next Holocron, I'd like to take a second to tell you about Fiverr. Do you need a freelancer to help you with your website, either as a designer or someone to help you write some expert articles and blogs? Or maybe you need like a presentation designer to help with that next big work project. Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace on the internet, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as just $5 a gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with your pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding a freelancer by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in our show notes to get started. Please note Bohemian Geek Studies is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. Uh, We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of BGS and we really appreciate your continued support. All right, everybody, we are heading into our fifth holocron, the newbie from Naboo. This is Flo's first time watching Rebels. So we've tasked her with watching the episodes, giving us her takes and her questions. So let's see (laughs) what our ambassador for Naboo thought about today's episode. Hey, guess what I don't like? Side quest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay, let's just get into it. Let's do this. Come on. I was like, ooh, Flo is, Flo is not going to be here for these episodes. I want to preface this, I, but I have to admit to everybody that I fell asleep <laughs> on these episodes. 
Well, it's a tiring uh, weekend too. It's Fourth of July weekend. We're all exhausted. Yeah. Well, I mean, I watched these today, so it is no longer the weekend. We are recording on a Tuesday. You're um, you're a teacher on summer yeah, vacation. Six, so Every episode... day's the weekend. It's true. It's well, and I actually did go to school this morning, so I was working. Um, I watched episode five and I stayed awake for that one because I was eating an ice cream at the same time. Nice. But episode six, my ice cream was done, and I just like fell asleep. And the next time I opened my eyes, coma. episode seven was up, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> So then I rewatched it. But anyways, here we go. Episode five, Hera's Heroes. Love me, some alliteration. Mm-hmm. All about it. Great yeah. title. I want to talk about the tadpole dinosaurs first. <laughs> um, the blurgs? <laughs> the blurgs. What the, the hell? Those things are so weird. I can't. You don't remember like, those from Mandalorian? I do. And I believe I called them tadpole dinosaurs then too. Um, we can go back and re-listen to old pods, but like, how, how are those so fast? I They're feel really like, fast. I feel like their bodies should not allow for that kind of speed. Like they do not look like aerodynamic at all. Meh. So they're quite confusing they're also, to me. They're also like, like front heavy. Moving on the so they're automatically court. leaving, they're automatically <laughs> leaning forward. I, I just don't feel like they should like be a thing. Like they should yeah. just fall. Like, how do they keep their balance? Anyways, they're so weird. And how do the chicken walkers so keep their balance? Them. Well, that's fair. That's mm-hmm. fair too. Anyways, I don't like them, but I, I think they're cute. And like, I don't like them as a mode of transportation. I like them as creatures, but also I felt super bad when that one got shot. Mm. Like it didn't fall or anything, but I was just like, oh God. So anyways, I felt bad about that. I loved when the stormtrooper came into the ghost and Zeb was like, yo, Ezra, do you have this one? Like, let's, let's take it. That was so cute. Like such good brother energy there. Loved it. Ezra's like, hmm, I like that fit. He's like, yeah, no, I don't have this one. Fit great on him, by the way. Yeah, he did look good. I mean. It's like, good job, Ezra. Perfection, perfection. Okay. <laughs> this note just says, oh God, I forgot about Numa. And then I wrote Numa, Numa, yay. <laughs> Our girl, exactly. our girl Numa is back. Yes. <laughs> I just like, I honestly didn't like this whole plot. It felt super forced to give us some like more Hera backstory, but I didn't even get that much. It was just like, okay, Hera was like rich. Like that's pretty much all I got here. And like that Ryloth is like in pretty deep shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I guess like this episode was for Thrawn, right? Like this that was the whole point of this episode. I can't I, tell you. Yeah, we can't yeah, we can't say that. That's okay. these spoilers. It is it is important for Thrawn in certain parts because he flips out and he never does that. So okay, it's... so I wrote about that. Okay, hold on. So let's get there. Okay. So okay, here's my prediction. First I'm gonna give a prediction. I have obviously not seen further than episode six, so I have no idea, but I feel like this like Calicori thing is going to come back into play because now Thrawn has and it's like in his office or whatever he's like oh look here's my diploma from the Admiral Academy (laughs) and also here's like this thing I got from uh like the the war on Ryloth so I feel Mm -hmm. like they're gonna get it back because I feel like it was important and I feel like they wouldn't waste a whole episode of her trying to get it and then not getting it to not bring it back so I feel like we're gonna be breaking into his office at some point that's my prediction Okay, but let's keep going. This note just says, Thrawn, exclamation point. 
Oh, also, before that, was it just me or, like, was Hera, like, way... I understand she was, like, pretending, right, for, throughout a lot of this episode. Mm-hmm. Pretending to be, like, a, a servant girl and, like, she took on her old accent and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was really weird to see her face kind of change into this, like, more demure-looking face. Like, yeah. her entire face changed. Mm-hmm. It was like she didn't even look like Hera. Because, like, the Hera that we see is, like, pretty like set like her eyes are always like set and like her mouth is pretty set exactly and it's like in this one it was like big doe eyes and like just it was really weird i was like oh you look different you sound different i don't like it also i want to call out the uh the imperials for like just the the initial commander or whatever for just kind of buying her like timid servant story as she's standing there in a flight suit yeah she needed a different (laughs) holding something it was weird (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was super strange. Mm-hmm. Like um, maybe she didn't been in a different outfit. Thrawn might not have been that quick, but we don't know. Yeah, maybe. Eh, the Calicori was the giveaway, though. Yeah. Because he knew what that was. Mm-hmm. I have to say, if I never hear about Malu runs again, I'd be so much happier. I was like, why are you bringing this up again? Like, oh, I'm, I want like a, I want like a, I want an edition of like Fruit Ninja, but just Melu runs. Like, I was just thinking thing. that. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Anyways, um, I wrote the poor blurs are being ridden hard. I <laughs> had a huge, yeah, they were getting holocrossed. <laughs> okay, so I actually had an issue, like just visually with this episode. The whole part that was not Hera and Ezra and Chopper was very dark visually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I struggled with this in like a couple of different things, specifically like the Battle of Winterfell in GOT season eight. Like just not being able to see what's happening is like very frustrating to me and hard for me to like get into it. Mm-hmm. And so any like nighttime battle scenes, I don't know if it's the glare on my TV or like whatever, but it was just hard. Oh, I had this issue with the Ahsoka episode of Mando too. Yeah, just a yeah. it was just like so dark that it's like I can't like I don't know what's going on and I don't care enough to like change the settings on my TV, so that was kind of annoying because I feel like I missed half the episode. Yeah, so that Which was sucks. Yeah, Kanan was doing stuff. Kanan yeah. honestly like is looking hot. <laughs> like I'm kind yeah. of just like ignoring the top half of his face at this point. He just has like such BDE that I'm like. Mm-hmm. God, my dude, like yeah, blind Kanan can get it, and he does. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like anyway, like it's kind of a What's problem that? at this point. I'm just like, <laughs> I really between you and Callus, like let's go, boys, like let's mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> yep, yep, get that sassy facial hair going, and let's go. <laughs> yes, eyebrows and goatee, let's go. Um, okay, Thrawn, we really see in this episode is just like very, very smart. Like, Mm -hmm. he was not fooled for one second, and, like, you can tell he's playing the long game, because he, like, let them go, he was, like, learning more about his enemy, and I was, he's like, oh, I'm, like, a student of the art of war, or whatever, and I was like, clearly, like, that was really impressive, and the fact that he stunned Ezra, like, immediately, like, he had no doubt that, like, Mm -hmm. this guy was not on his side, so that was crazy. Mm -hmm. Thrawn getting angry. Hot. Literally, I was just like, now I get it for Colleen. Now I got it. <laughs> slight, slight danger snack situation with Thrawn. Ooh, that, yeah, that made like the temperature rise like 10 degrees in my house. Um, mm-hmm. 
it was quick. It burned quick and hot. Yes. That was oh, yeah. wild. He contains it pretty fast, but he does. It, and he was like apologizing for it. So I feel like this has been an issue before. I don't know. Like I, this just, it felt like a lot. I was just like, holy shit. Like he does okay. not lose his cool very often. No, I don't know. That, like this was that big a deal to lose his cool there. Like, it seemed like something just like small set him off. It didn't mm -hmm. seem like that big a deal. Cause I can't even remember what he was angry about. The guy Slavin called the Calicord trash or something like that. Oh yeah. Like Brad that's going to make like you that, that mad. Like it's not even yours. He loves uh, art he's, though. It's, and his, it's his now. Oh, oh. He, he's very into studying people via their art. And so, and he's been getting this like bullshit his whole life. Like you can't do war strategy by looking at people's art and culture or you're stupid. Mm. And, and people he's basically, doing and that he's too. basically undefeated also. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he's so... like, it's like well, you art people is cool. shut the fuck up. Yeah. So, okay. So all that leads me to think that like, there's going to be a bigger Thrawn Sabine thing because obviously like Sabine does art. Look at your faces. <laughs> Especially like when in the next episode, <laughs> don't hide your face behind a mug, Anders. <laughs> Sabine or Kanan was like, Sabine, like get ready to decorate the new like shuttle or whatever that we're bringing in. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I feel like we're being reminded that Sabine does art. And now, okay, I, I see, I'm picking up what they're putting down over here. I got this. Okay, this note has nothing to do with anything in chronological order, but. When Sham Syndulla is on the screen, oh, all I can see is his forehead. That's all I can see. Like, there's nothing else on the screen. I'm just like, my eyes are laser focused to his forehead and mm -hmm. it's so distracting. Yeah. That's all. That's it all is. I have to say about it. I don't it's like, like him. Fortuna too has that. The Twilight men with their weird full forehead bulgies. It's like, what the hell is happening? It's, yeah. just, it's really not cute. Sham is just, ugh. Yeah. He's such yeah. a tough hang. And he is, but at least he didn't like leave his daughter to die in this one. This yes. is true. He also, I mean, I know we saw them like kind of start to repair their relationship a little while ago, but they seem to be on very, very good terms here. Yeah, they've been FaceTiming a bunch. Um, she mm -hmm. like went to visit for the holidays. We just didn't see it. Yeah. And it's been like, you should call your dad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to. And he's <laughs> like, but you should. He's like, oh, I'll barbecue with him. It's it's chill. You know, anyways. Yes, I agree. It was like a very quick, like, mending and we never mm -hmm. saw it. So that was weird. I don't know. I didn't like it. And then, of course, I think like the big thread between these two is like Chopper's the MVP. Absolutely. Like, yes. that's what ties these two episodes together that we're covering today is just like, they're dead without Chopper. Mm -hmm. And Chopper enjoys killing things. Well, I mean, Ch Chopper was like, bombs, let's go! Dude, he had like, he, he's, he's, he's rolling down the hall, like throwing them. Yep. I mean, he's on wheels, but he's almost got like a Harley Quinn, like skipping his step. Yes. <laughs> like planting explosives to kill everyone in the building. A hundred percent agree. He was all about that life. I so did he was also. Like, this is the best assignment ever. I absolutely loved him. Um, right when Thrawn first walks in and he's been like trying to distract the stormtroopers, he sees Thrawn and you can hear him go, whoa. Yeah. Like, yes. whoa. Whoa. <laughs> nope. 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 <laughs> I feel like Chopper's beep boops were a lot more recognizable in this one as like words, which was really fun. Mm -hmm. So that that was cool. So, anyways, yeah, those are my takes for this one. Um, didn't love it. It's okay. It was okay. Like, it was fine. Like, Hera's like last thing of like 
you guys are my home. And it was like, okay, like we yeah, get it. Kind of cliche. Oh, all right, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> it, yeah, it was fine. Episode six, The Last Battle. Okay, so I'm going to preface this again. If you're just joining the pod, I have not watched all of Clone Wars. Right. So I recognize that my attachment to this episode in any way is very tainted by that. Mm. And like, I understand that other people might have liked this episode much more because they are much more connected to the Clone Wars. I am not. So I'm just prefacing it with that. Kanan's line of battles leave scars, some you can't see. That was really good. Um, I feel like a lot of this episode was about like Rex's PTSD from the war, Mm -hmm. which was really good. However, I feel like it wasn't developed a whole ton besides him like snapping at Ezra. Um, Him saying Cody was yeah. but because i've seen the clone wars it's like right. their best friend and like i i know all this background obviously and so like i saw and like you could hear it like in his head too right there was like a like a different sound like you could see that like he was reliving past trauma and past memories mm-hmm. and i thought that was really well done but it only happened that one time mm-hmm. so it didn't feel like it was like super overwhelming to him in the way that i think it was so okay. yeah. more, more. and I don't know if that comes up again later, like as a bigger issue with Rex, I feel like it probably will. Um, but yeah, loved seeing the B1s. Roger, Roger. <laughs> Roger, Wait, Roger. Who's Roger. Oh my God, I wrote that down. That was the funniest line from Ezra. Who's Roger? It was like, that's so good, Ezra. You are so pure and I love you. Rex and Cannon are like, oh my God. <laughs> so this episode, like, I just don't know that I bought the premise. Like, okay, so they're running a weird simulation of like a w- battle. They're like, this isn't a real battle, but like, let's just, let's battle in this game. It was kind of like the Hunger Games in a way. Well, it was like, yeah. let's make like a mock yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. They would have killed them though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they were trying to kill them. They just were sure. old and inefficient. Yes. However, like I was so detached from the episode that I was just like, oh, okay. Like I, I just don't really care about when this you, at all. You didn't feel like they were ever really in danger either. Like these are no. all the main cast members. Exactly. They're not going to die. Like this. Well, and they're definitely definitely not gonna die by B ones. Yeah. Like it's not like they're gonna be like Roger, Roger, Ezra, you're dead. Yeah. Like definitely not. That was never gonna happen. So it was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Um I did like a lot of like our old Clone Wars friends like coming in, like just like the different droids that we see. And I was just like, oh, like where's Anakin? (laughs) (laughs) You'd have been so mad to see those droidicas. Yeah. But it was like, I don't know. It was just fun. So that was, that was cool. (laughs) I just wrote Callus with a heart. (laughs) He's just chilling. Nice to see him again. Just always good. Sword and shield maneuver was fun to see. I loved seeing Rex taking charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just fun to see the Clone Wars tech again that like I haven't seen in a while. And like Clone because Wars. Because you, won't, you won't watch the show. It's not <laughs> that I won't watch the show. It's that I have tried watching the show, and I will give it a further try. But like, we'll give you know. that list of the skippable ones. <laughs> yeah, that's what I need. I need to. I need just need to skip some. It's just it's too much. There's a lot. You can skip like almost the entire first season. <laughs> Well, but I've already watched that one, so that's useless to me. 
I'm on like season three, I think. And three gets crazy good. Like in the middle, all of a sudden you're like. And that's what I hear. And it's like, I've just been like waiting to hit that point. But at this point, it's been so long since I've watched it that like, mm-hmm. I think I need to back up a little bit anyways. But It takes mm-hmm. to like the Mortis arc. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're going to go for it. All right. Okay. <laughs> that's good to know. I mean, I, I will try it again. It's just life is crazy. So. Yes, exactly. And it's just like watch it at your own pace yeah exactly so like i'm not in a rush it's not going anywhere okay i loved the tactical droid giving Mm -hmm. the odds on everything that felt so c3po which was really fun to see i really liked that yes i was nervous when rex got shot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but then is when i fell asleep so (laughs) literally wrote rex is shot and then my next note says oops i fell asleep <laughs> so then I had to rewatch the second half of the episode. It knocked you out. You were so sad and, and exactly. terrified that you oh, just Oh no, out. I can't watch the rest of this. Um I just felt like the end of this episode was a little bit forced. Mm-hmm. Where it was like Ezra bringing everyone together against the Empire. Mm-hmm. And then like the whole idea that like Ezra ended the Clone Wars here. It was just like that's a little bit excessive and also like kind of erases everybody else's contributions in the Clone Wars of which like Ezra was really not involved in. So it's like giving Ezra this like final piece of it just felt like, right. It's like, okay. you, you cracked the problem, but yes. like there's going to be trauma no matter what. But also like, and did he crack the problem? It was him and Zeb. I mean, I, Zeb said who, who won the Clone Wars and Zeb's like the Empire did. <laughs> And they were like, oh, shit, yeah. So I get, it's kind of crazy because it basically is showing that all of their struggles were worthless because the Empire was behind it all, which wouldn't make me feel great if I were the droids or the clones. Yeah. It, I mean, putting it in those terms, I remember the first time I watched this episode, I'm like, okay, this is a little, it's a little forced, but I mean, I personally really like this episode. I love like the whole gaming aspect to it and this idea of the simulation i've said this on a pod before i do know what it's like to sit there and just struggle with a problem for what feels like hours or years on end so i sympathize with this droid who's been sitting there like not knowing the actual answer to the question for years would we have won would we have lost would we have whatever um yeah i just think like it's a little bit reductionist anyways what i was really really excited about is the mention of the Battle of Geonosis. I was telling Colleen, Wait give me that. all of the Battle of Geonosis references. I do love Battle of Geonosis. I absolutely Holy love Battle shit. of Geonosis. Give it to me every single day of and my life. And it's fun to know that Rex was there. Like he yes. was part of the that crew is that was there. Fun. So that, that means is he's fun. one of the first gen. <laughs> yes. And it's like, you've seen so much shit, Rex. Like, that's so cool. I also, I really liked seeing, I liked seeing, I mean, I didn't like seeing Rex get shot, but I liked him saying like Gen 1 armor always stands up and like the Stormtrooper armor can't take anything. Yeah, that was <laughs> can't funny. take a I rock from that. the Ewoks. Right. <laughs> um, and then I have to say like probably my favorite part of this episode was Hera and Kanan like and their end of the day phone call. Where he's like, oh, babe, I was going to call you. Like, how are you? How was your day? Like, was it good? Okay, cool, babe. Like, I'll see you back home. Like, we've got a new, like, jet, whatever, like, shuttle. Um, Can you tell Sabine that she's going to have to decorate it? What are we making for dinner? Like, all right, love you. Bye. It was was just so cute. So relatable. 
just like the cutest thing ever. I loved it. So. And I that love Hera and Sabine too. We're like, he'd call if something yeah. was wrong. And Sabine's like, no, he wouldn't. And then they're like, well, <laughs> Chopper, Chopper would call. call. Chopper would call. That was cute. So I just like, I really like those little moments where it's like space mom, space dad, and just like having a space mom, dad relationship. It was just lovely. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my takes on these episodes. Didn't love them. Um, I'm still kind of struggling with where the season is going in terms of just like continuity and like what the overall goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like it. You'll be getting that more in season four. Season four is very, okay. it's like, very plot serialized. It's plot driven. Okay. That's season nice because I do feel building. like I'm missing that. Um, it's still good. Still really enjoying it. So mm-hmm. just, I, I, I would like somebody to drop in some sort of comments, either on YouTube or wherever you want to comment to us. Just send us an email. I need some like good Callus Kanan, <laughs> your name, fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> um, please and thank you. And if it does not exist, if somebody could write some, Colleen, I'm looking at you. I mean, um, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't ship those two. I don't think Callus and <laughs> Not Kanan together. I'm just saying, like, the... in a threesome with, I don't know, somebody whose name rhymes with, like, low or low. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Like, make it completely AU. I don't care. Lorian. <laughs> this is Lorian. That's, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just uh, normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Normal, completely normal. Everything's fine. <laughs> Speaking of not normal, <laughs> we're gonna go into our sixth holocron conjecture at the cantina. <laughs> hmm. Everything's fine. This is where we ask our questions about the episode and explore some wider Star Wars lore together. I'm going to start us off with my usual, what did Dave Filoni and crew have to say about these episodes? The one that really caught my attention was in Rebels Recon, the featurette for The Last Battle. Henry Gilroy said that he thought Kalani would hire out his services as a military advisor (laughs) when he was freed to various groups such as the Huts. I can see it. (laughs) Completely, yes, he would totally give his advice to the Huts because he believed that Rebellion did not have a realistic chance of defeating the Empire, which bear. He said, what, 1%? 1%? Nobody, yeah. nobody did. Yeah, nobody. I mean, it, it would have been. He's like, yeah, no, I'm going to pass on the Rebellion for now, but thanks. But he also went on to say that the destruction of the Death Star would have changed Kalani's mind, hmm. proving that the Empire wasn't invincible and that the Rebellion had a real chance of winning. Like, it's so cool so yeah, my I, mean, question... I think this is like a thing where he would like recalculate the odds right yes yeah okay. if they took out the super weapon they can't have another one of yeah. those can they <laughs> palpatine hold my beer <laughs> yeah let's do the exact same thing reboot except bigger with yeah. more guns and then that we'll do it bigger work. again and then we'll make them smaller mm-hmm. and put them on starships portable exactly much more portable. I think Thrawn would have been more behind that idea. Absolutely. My, my question, I'd love to see Kalani team up with some other known characters like Hondo. Like, that would That'd be, be a awesome. freaking amazing pair. Who else do you think would be a good matchup for Kalani? To go against or to team up with? Team up with. Or him to, like, sell his services to. <laughs> oh, man. Hmm. It might be expensive. 
that's the one problem is that hmm. who would be able to afford him part of me wants to see what he might do with saw Ooh. i don't think that would go well but it would make because for some the, very entertaining because of the Onderon connection oh shit that'd be great so flow in the Clone Wars, Kalani oh. was the super tactical droid on Andron, okay. which was Saw Gerrera's home planet. Mm-hmm. So he is the one that helped the uh, Separatists kind of like suppress Saw Gerrera's people. <laughs> That's unfortunate. So that would be a really interesting match. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of want to see him. Like, I don't even know how this would work timeline was wise at all at all but he's, he can live a long time he's a droid but i think this would be in the past wait i'm trying to think where is Ro- where is um solo in relation to this after mm, no before. no solo's before this before. but okay, definitely so after would have been alive i yeah. well okay after, but what i want i want to see him with l3 so <laughs> yay L3 and <laughs> yeah yeah i oh feel God, like that would be hilarious <laughs> that would be amazing because l3 would be like you're free hmm. that's right interesting that's attractive to me and hot lando would be like get out <laughs> i just think that would be like a fun pairing like i feel like this was one of the droids with like more personality than we usually see and l3 mm-hmm. obviously has like tons of personality i just feel like they would like go at it and be like kind of a funny like buddy cop situation they go at it in the closet full of capes i mean on the capes around the capes (laughs) under the capes wearing capes lando's like everyone's using the capes but me i know lando's like guys pay for the dry cleaning bill at least Uh so many oil stains yeah oil everywhere unbelievable where does oil come from (laughs) disrespect frankly like so it's just yeah elfrey wouldn't care (laughs) she's like well we had to sex somewhere I mean, it could be like a threesome situation too, where like Lando is also partaking <laughs> on the caves with the caves. That works. Mm-hmm. It works. It, it works, guys. It works. It works. <laughs> I'm you just saying. Yeah, uh, did join the rebellion, Kalani, or did he stay hidden? I think away? he did. I think he stayed hidden away. I don't think he. I think he was very much. He'd be more likely to join the rebellion, but I still don't think he did necessarily yeah. because of the attitudes of still so many people in the galaxy probably anytime they saw a battle droid i mean we saw the stormtroopers yeah. they were like oh battle droids you know what to do <laughs> yeah immediately you destroy them yeah. yeah i mean i feel like why would he join the rebellion like what's in it for him mm-hmm. really like he doesn't really have a dog in that fight at this point so it's mm-hmm. like just stay away and like let them duel it out i don't know colleen do you think he did i'd like to think he did but oh, one that I you think could, someone you could pair him with. I mean, pair him Jada with AP five. Oh yay! <laughs> him and AP. Oh, they'd I mean, fight AP five so could much. end the war so fast. Yeah, organization is important, <laughs> and also tactics. I yeah. think that he would have been really helpful against Thrawn, but hmm. he just wasn't. He wasn't in it. He's like, I got to protect my men, which is really kind of cool for a droid. To be like, these are the only guys I got left, so we're gonna like leave. Yeah. <laughs> and find our own stuff to do. Which the droid homeworld. Oh, it's a robot planet. <laughs> Just like in Futurama. <laughs> no humans allowed. What with your free will yes. and all. 
We are the biggest nerds, nerds ever. <laughs> I can't. Which is the most acceptable? Mm -hmm. A flower from your sweetie, a puppy, <laughs> or a broccoli <laughs> condensed data file? <laughs> uh, the data file. <laughs> a flower from your sweetie was also acceptable. <laughs> We're sorry, Flo. <laughs> you guys are so cute. I can't. I can just. I can't with you guys. Oh, Futurama. All also. right. Oh, Futurama is one of the best shows ever. All right. So I mentioned a minute ago, the Stormtroopers, they destroy the battle droids kind of on site, but they're like, they had this like weird reaction that to me was like half surprised, half like commonplace. Mm -hmm. Like they were like, wait, what battle droids? Well, you know the drill. And then they start shooting them. So I'm like, how common would it potentially be to come across a, a battalion like this? Like, it, they seem to both not not come across it very often, but enough that it's just, like, a routine thing in it's their minds. Protocol. Yeah, it's a routine protocol. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I think it was pretty unusual that Kalani stopped the shutdown. Yeah. So you wouldn't think it would be that common that they'd at least be active, but... I don't know. That's a that's a really good question. Maybe on separatist planets they would have trouble with Maybe. Battle, with battle droids, like as we saw in Bad Batch, Raxus. Maybe there was a droid presence on Raxus, which is why they're just kind of now exerting more authority. Could it's be. Hard, it's hard to say. Yeah. All right, and then a uh, little bit. You know, still on topic for the episodes, but I'm kind of curious. Do you guys, I mean, they have the Calicori. Do you guys have any family heirlooms that have been, like, passed down for multiple generations? Yeah, these good looks. <laughs> uh, um, the DNA. Yeah, yeah, this knows. Yeah, mine too. It's from my mom. Um, yeah, yes, somewhat, like, not tons. We have some like random things passed down from my great grandma, like some jewelry and things um, that my mm -hmm. sister and I have since repurposed and like remelted um, into mm -hmm. things that like suit us better. But like mostly maybe like Christmas ornaments. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm like really big on traditions. So like we have taken a lot of the traditions that we've gotten from my family in terms of like Christmas traditions and like New Year's traditions and other things and then kind of made them our own mm -hmm. and then like added our own traditions. So I would say like, I, I guess like my biggest heirloom is like having traditions and like making sure the traditions are like important and respected. But like in terms of things, like not that many, no. Yeah, we have some photo albums that are very old. Mm -hmm. um, Nothing like super heirloomy though, because both of my parents came from families that weren't super well off, mm -hmm. and yeah, same. They just didn't have a lot of a lot of stuff. It was the same, like a lot of traditions. Like we still go to the same family vacation every year, and my mom and her siblings went on a week vacation every year since like the '60s. So it's like, yeah. We have a lot of family stuff. Like, if you have to have a really good reason not to go to family stuff, mm -hmm. like, yeah. Otherwise, you will get a talking to <laughs> <laughs> that you would much rather avoid. So, just go to the family things and drink the beers and just have fun. What about you, Anders? Yeah, I mean, we have a couple of things. Nothing that's like 
that kind of gets added to as time goes on. We don't have anything like that, but we do have um, we have a few traditions. Um, most things that would be like three plus generations old are still like in my parents' possession. Like they they haven't come to us yet, but mm-hmm. we've I mean there's a few things like my sister has some of my grandmother's jewelry, mm-hmm. um, my brother's wife has my grandmother's like engagement ring Aww. that got passed down. Um, my brother has most of my grandfather's suits. Ooh, uh, he wow. he owned a men's clothing store, so he had pretty nice cool. well made well made suits. None of them fit me, but like shit. I know right. Dude, awesome seersucker. Would have been great. That would have. <laughs> Are you just uh, too tall? Uh, my arms were too long, really. Damn that wingspan, mm. my dude. I know, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. My brother still had to get them like Altered. when he had to get them like pretty heavily tailored. Yeah. <laughs> but. Sure. But still. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, yeah. that's kind of like what this episode was about, though, right? Like, it's not about the stuff. It's about the family and the memories and, like, the togetherness. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's kind of nice that, like, we're all just like, oh, we've got traditions and, like, things that we do with our family. But, like, yes, we have our recipe stuff, like, for grilled stuff lobster. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, there so Swedish meatballs. That's what, we, that's what we have. Swedish meatballs at Christmas time. Oh, the meatballs. We have yes. a lot of recipes, too. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Like, my mm-hmm. family is obviously in France. And so, like, we've got a lot of, like, French recipes that, like, now I'm doing with my daughter, which is like really yeah. special and like just lovely. I would like a bouffe bourguignon, please. Well, we made a clafoutis yesterday, peach oh, clafoutis, and so yeah, we do a lot of that. I'm so hungry. All right, <laughs> my last question on this episode. This is one of the only bits that kind of annoyed me, other than Champs and Dula, about the uh, the Ryloth episode. So, the Imperials on Ryloth, after they capture Hera and Ezra, they are aware that they have Ezra Bridger. Mm-hmm. who by now I'm pretty sure they are aware is like a Jedi in training or a force user. Yeah. But they don't really take any extra precautions with him. And he also like never actually tries to use his force abilities to escape, which yeah. I find very odd. And I'm just like, dude, what the hell? That is really strange. Especially after like, we just saw him mm-hmm. like force, con- like mind control. The yeah. At at driver. And it's like, now you're not being like, yo, just let us go. There's a guard outside the door. Exactly. Open the door. Open the door, <laughs> right. It's like, this should have been a lot easier for you, Ezra. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No kidding. I was surprised that Thrawn just left him there in the cell with Hera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they I'm think sure once Palpatine cell. heard about this, Palpatine was like, you had who in, yeah. in your custody and didn't take him to the Chimera and fly immediately to... And Where's where was his like? lightsaber? I'm guessing he, he just had it with them. Yeah, I don't think he kept it on the Stormtrooper uniform. You can't just like keep it underneath it? Un- underneath it? It's I don't a suit know. of armor. I'm just I mean, saying, like, I feel like there has to be a way. I just feel like he should not be going anywhere without his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. That feels dangerous. Like mm-hmm. it does. Yeah. He had a blaster, but yeah, I think. Hmm. It would be, I think it's too, if he can't conceal it, then it would be really a liability to get caught. First of all, what the heck is he doing on this mission anyway? Yeah, I don't know why he's there. The, the trooper uniform fit. Yeah, the trooper, yeah, he, he fit, fit the, the trooper uniform, so then he got to go. But you don't think that that would have fit Hera? 
Wouldn't that have been the easiest? Her like nah, you her, yeah, she are can't too do that. tough. You gotta be human. That's the one bad. The, yeah, hair is way too distinguishable. Yeah. It wasn't a very well thought out plan, which will continue to be a theme for I mean, our it has But been it worked because time. it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the crazy stuff always works for the rebellion. Yeah, but how Plus, much is that If you have work? Chopper. If you have Chopper, it works. I mean, God bless Chopper. Mm -hmm. God bless Chopper and his murderous antics. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is going to wrap it up for us today, guys. So tune in next time as we continue our Rebel Season 3 coverage with the return of the Mandalorian Fen Rao and some kids who think that they're rebels. Hmm. Until then, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. Check out our website, bohemiangeekstudies.com, where you can watch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's Book Corner, where she's reviewing Star Wars literature. And then contact us through email and social media to send Flo some fanfic. Thank you. <laughs> and as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to join us. It really does help. You can also head over to ForgottenEntertainment.com. Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast, where Colleen, myself, and our co-host Daniel, along with some special guests, rewatched all the films in the Star Wars canon. That was but so fun. That was so much fun. <laughs> so, so, so fun. Until next time, Calicory's up. Keep those episodes streaming. Bye, Bye. Bye guys.